Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. But go ahead and worship him. Go ahead and turn your eyes on Jesus like the old song said. Turn your eyes. Set your eyes on Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. We trust you today. Thank you for the, for the snow. We thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the sunshine. I thank you for the, for the moisture, God. I thank you for your hand of grace and mercy upon us. I thank you for last year, even though it was tough for some people, God. We praise you for it because in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the trial, you always have a plan. In the midst of the mess, you always have a blessing. Psalm 65, 11 says, You've crowned the year with a bountiful harvest. You've crowned the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways drip with abundance. We trust you today. We praise you today. We break every attack of the enemy. I break every spirit of fear and lies and witchcraft and perversion. Anything that would step in the way or distract or try to break folks' focus this year or today while they listen to the Word, God, it's broken, it's cast out in Jesus' name. I loosen truth. I loosen power, love, and a sound mind. I thank you, God, that even though people are watching this at home today, your hand is on them. They can focus. They can hear your word. They can take notes. They can break out their Bibles. They can look up verses. They can say the verses out loud. They can repeat the things we're saying here at the service, Father God. I thank you that today is live. Praise, worship, and the word, God. Service is not canceled. Praise you, God. Thank you, Father. There's somebody watching this today. And I think you really need some encouragement. There may be more than one of you, but I, I know for sure it's one or two people. And I just need to tell you that the best is yet to come. Your life has just begun in Christ. You say, man, I've been saved five years. I've been saved ten years. No, you know what? If a thousand, day, a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, the best is yet to come. His plan is being fulfilled. I can feel hope rising up today for you. Hope is rising up today for you. Be encouraged, man of God, woman of God, child of God. Be encouraged. Doesn't matter your age or your background or what you've come from. You may say, you don't know where I've been, Pastor Matt. No, but God does, and he's faithful. God's been right with you, and now his presence is being manifest in your life. He's everywhere, but it's one thing for him to be everywhere. He's omnipresent, but now I declare today and tomorrow and the rest of this year and the rest of your life the manifest presence of God in your life, that, that God would manifest himself in your lives in Jesus' name. My prayer for you is that you hold on. Hold on to hope, no matter what. Don't worry about politics. Don't worry about the state of the government, don't worry about, don't, don't get tied up in social media or, or old school legacy media stuff, news networks, don't get tied up in that. Get wrapped up and tied up in God's word because he is faithful. Scripture says he's not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he will do it. I have hope rising up on the inside of me today. My job is to encourage you to keep hope. Keep hope. Remember, hope leads to faith, so stay strong in your hope. Something good is going to happen. 
something good is going to happen. Father, we thank you that your word is going to fall on good ground today. Let it pierce the hearts of your people today as they hear the word. A customized, tailor-made, anointed word from heaven because it's your word, God, and not mine. I'll do my best as the messenger. Lord, you help me to deliver a clear and strong and powerful message. But Lord, it's your hand, it's your word, it's your message. We thank you, Father. We honor you today. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen and amen. Praise God. If you would, right where you are at home, I want you to say something with me today. Say, I am. Go ahead. Let's say it. There's a few people in here, too. Everybody say, I am a child of God. God is faithful. Say, his plan will stand. His plan will stand forever. Amen. Somebody say, God is with me. God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Someone say this. Say, I believe. Say this. Say, no matter what, I still believe. In Jesus' name. I know you have hope today. God is faithful. We're going to continue our series today, but I have a couple of announcements real quick. I know we don't have many people here in person today at all. The roads were tough, but few of us got here so we could do the online worship experience. But here's the deal. Wednesday night, if you are interested in being baptized or having your kids baptized, you'll know if the kids are old enough to be baptized. We don't baptize infants that don't know what they're doing or don't, won't remember. I mean, they may get, be five, six, seven, eight years of age, and they can confess Jesus. They realize what they're doing when they are actually baptized in water. So listen, we're going to have baptisms Wednesday night. If you're interested in being baptized, you or any member of your family, show up at 5 p.m. here at church. I'm going to meet with you briefly, give you a little, little course, a refresher course on what baptism means to God and what it should mean to us. It'll be brief, 15 or 20 minutes, all right? We'll talk about it. We'll have our service, and right after the service, we'll go down that hall in the gym building, and we'll be baptized. We'll have you baptized over there. So bring a towel, bring clothes to be baptized in, and bring a change of clothes. Repeat. A towel, clothes to be baptized in, and a change of clothes, all right? We have dressing rooms, restrooms, different things, but we'll be baptizing folks Wednesday night. Also, a quick reminder, this next week, Monday night, begins the Spanish uh, new semester of spiritual warfare. Tuesday night, English spiritual warfare. So that's Monday and Tuesday night of this, uh, wow, that, that is tomorrow. Monday and then Tuesday night, 7 p.m., Right in here, Spiritual Warfare with Pastor Fabian. Awesome, awesome class. You need to be here. You need to check it out. If you've not taken the class yet, you need to seriously take it. Call the office tomorrow, 397-2164 to enroll. 397-2164. You need to take the Spiritual Warfare class. If you say, I took it years ago, it's totally different now. Pastor has updated it, upgraded it, modernized it. And it's powerful. And he's made it more of a discipleship training class. So you want to be there. You say, I've already taken it with Pastor, but I may take it again. Go ahead. You already have your book. Go ahead. But if you've not taken it, I encourage you, you need to take it. Class is beginning again tomorrow night at 7 p.m., Tuesday night at 7 p.m. So let's get into the Word today. The series has been entitled Heartbeat of Faith. So how important is faith? Well... An answer to your question, if you really were wondering, you need faith to unlock all the good and perfect promises of God. You need faith to unlock 
God's best for your life. Without faith, you don't have God's will. Without faith, you can't receive anything from God. So you need faith, all right? So let's start with Habakkuk 2.4. What does that say? Habakkuk 2.4. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. One translation says, But the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. This translation says, The righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. You cannot be faithful to God without faith. Let's go to Romans 1.17. Romans 1.17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. How? By faith. As the Scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person, what? Has life. Let's read that verse, that verse again. I love it in that version. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. How? By faith. As the Scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Once again, that's Romans 1.17. Without faith, as a believer, you, it, you struggle to call yourself a believer, right? Let's go to Galatians 3.11. You struggle to live the life that God has called you to live. Many people say, well, I had faith to be saved, but I don't have faith for anything else. If you believe that God can save you from your sin and you're on your way to heaven now and that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for your sin to keep you from hell and to have a great relationship with you and to bring you into his family, you can believe for anything. Look at this verse. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. Why? Because if you break any part of the law, Scripture says you're guilty of the entire law. Scripture also says the letter of the law kills, it brings death, but the Spirit brings life. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the Scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person, there it is again, has life. The just shall live by faith, other translations say. Let's go to Hebrews 10.38. Look at this one, Hebrews 10.38. I love this. And my righteous ones will live by faith. This is God speaking. My righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. How many of you know that some people lost their faith last year? I don't think I'm talking about you, but maybe you know someone who did. They just said, I give up. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. It's tough. I mean, why would God allow this to happen or that? You know what? We don't always understand God's plans at all. He gives us a piece of the puzzle. He gives us a little bit here and there. Why? Because it's a faith journey. If you knew everything, if God revealed everything to you, you wouldn't need any faith. My dad has said that for years. It's become a revelation to me. If God said, no, on this day this is going to happen, this is going to happen, here's why I'm doing this, here's why I allowed this to happen, here's what's going on, here's why I brought judgment at this time, here's why I didn't bring judgment, here's why I allowed this other thing to happen, you say, well, I don't even, you don't need to have faith. But how many of you know we walk by faith and not by sight? We walk by what we believe and not by what we see. Love this verse, Hebrews 10, 38. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. So important today. I'm going to get back into some points that we had last week. It'll be a good review for some of you. Those verses for some of you, though, were new. Why are those so important? Well, the heartbeat of faith is this. In life, your faith will be tested. Your faith has to be tested or it's not faith. Your faith has to be tested. 
Say, man, I just believe and hopefully we're just going to coast. That's not how it works. Here is how, here is how it works. This is the heartbeat of faith because you will be in faith test. Here is the heartbeat of faith is no matter what you believe. He says, my righteous ones will live by faith. Over and over again, we had four different passages from all over the Bible that said the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by how they believe. The righteous shall live by faith and by their faithfulness to God. You cannot be faithful to God without faith. So let's get back into some of what we talked about last week. Let's go to James chapter 2, verse 17. James 2, 17. Now, what we're talking about here, this next point, well, my first point of today, and it's repeating last week, is taking action, all right? So look at this. You see faith by itself. The Apostle James here is speaking. He says, faith by itself isn't enough. You say, wait, faith should be enough. I believe. Well, how many of you know there's people that say, well, I believe, but, yeah, but. I have faith, but. I don't know how that. No, you either have faith or you don't. Some areas we have weaknesses, but you got to believe. Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Period. It is dead and useless. What does verse 18 say? Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. Well, the apostle goes on to say, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will what? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. All right? You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. People have told me that my whole life. Well, hey, I believe, I believe in God. Well, good. This says here, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Good. You should believe there's a God. You got people, aborigines, that have never seen a television set. They're out in the, they're native somewhere on some continents. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They have an intrinsic knowledge they have a belief that there is something out there that they got to worship. And they don't know what it is. They've never seen God because Scripture says He is the invisible God. But I'm telling you, people apart from God or people who have no knowledge, they'll create a statue. They'll bow down to a tree. They'll worship the moon. They want to worship something. You were created to worship, but you were created to worship God. Look at this verse. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Talked a little bit about giving last week. The end of this month, um, January 29th through 31st, we're going to have our conference. We've entitled it this year, Believe. God has been laying that on my heart so strongly, just to believe, to get the word in people, to get people confessing the word, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So our conference this year, our winter conference is Believe. The pastors Barker will be here, and uh, Oscar Gonzalez will be here, and we're going to just have a terrific time. Friday through Sunday. But you know what we're going to also do? It's our first fruits conference as well. What is that? We give the best offering we possibly can at the beginning of the year so that we set apart the year for God. We can use the word sanctify. If you don't understand that, you say, what does that mean? Sanctify just means to set apart and call holy. Meaning I, we give a great offering, the best we can give, apart from tithe and other offering, it's a special offering. It's first fruits. It's very scriptural talks about it in the Old Testament. Look, first fruits is this. You say, I want God to bless. I need God to bless. He's been so good to me. I'm going to give him everything I possibly can, and he'll take care of the rest. It's that simple. So in giving, we understand that it's completely faith-based. When you give, you say, God will always take care of me, and he'll always do what it says. He wants me to be blessed so I can bless others. All right? 
So that's just a, a small example of what taking action is with your faith. What is action? Well, you can take action with your faith by loving people. How many of you know that forgiveness, that's action, and that'll tie into our second point too, but forgiveness is action. It really is. You say, well, isn't that reaction? We'll get more into that in a moment. But how many of you know that it, take, it takes faith it takes faith to receive God's love, and it takes faith to give God's love. It takes faith. But here's the good news. God would never have commanded you to do something you could not do by His Spirit. He would never have commanded you to do something that you couldn't do by His Spirit. Never. So you're able to do it now, not because of you, but because of Christ Jesus who lives in you by the Holy Spirit. You can, and you will, all right? So and God blesses us so we can be blessed givers. God blesses us and honors us and Walks in, he walks in perfect love with us. Why? So we can walk in love with others. Got a couple more in the house. God bless y'all. Welcome, man. Good to see y'all. Why? And then sometimes we go, well, why should I love? Did you know that God knows best how your body functions, how your soul functions, how your spirit functions? God knows best. He created you. There's snow on the ground today, and some of us fudged our way through. We didn't have a 4x4 light cruise, maybe. I don't know if y'all have a 4x4. But some of us, we just kind of fudged our way through. At one point, this morning, Jen goes, baby, look, a little car just drove by. I'm like, well, oh, yeah, we can make it. They just drove by. I don't know if they got stuck somewhere else or what, but we, you can get out in it. And you know, but most of us know, if you have any sense, you know that your truck, even if it's a truck, it wasn't built for snow like this. It wasn't. You need four by four. You need chains on your tires. And you also, you also need big tires at some point to be able to roll through that. you got to have the right equipment. Here's what's interesting, though. God, by His Holy Spirit, has equipped you to be able to take action with your faith. He's given you what you need. He's given you what you need. Can you imagine God commanded you to do something and there's no way you could do it? The law was tough because... The law showed, this is the Old Testament, just strictly law. The law pointed to Jesus, and it showed that the only way to just get right with God and stay right with God was faith. Before the law, Abraham was justified how? He was made right with God by faith. He believed. So faith supersedes it all. You say, what? How does that even? No, by faith. Did you know by faith God spoke the world into existence? Faith is where it all starts and where the journey continues and where it all ends, all right? And we're going to keep on believing no matter what. God has given you the wisdom, the ability, the love, the opportunity, the experience now. Now he's placed the Spirit of God within you so you can take action with your faith. How do you take action? You can serve. You can be connected to a church, a local church. You can be connected to a, they're actually called in this ministry, small Bible study groups are called connect groups. Everything you do is by faith. We live by faith. Did you hear all those verses I read earlier? It says over and over again, the righteous person has life through faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. When you're right with God, how do you live? You just live by faith. So you can take action. You say, I just believe I'm just not going to do anything. No. At some point, you've got to walk in love. At some point, you've got to serve. At some point, you've got to forgive. At some point, you've got to honor God by reading the Word and praying and, and, and staying connected to a small church or to a church body. That's all faith in action. Okay? And I need to remind you, if you haven't started yet, it's not too late. It's never too late to start getting into the Word. If you haven't started on a Bible plan, start now. 
If you say, I don't know what to do, I have no idea, here's the two easiest ways. Get a one-year Bible if you don't have one. If you have one, just start reading it. Number two, start with Genesis chapter 1. You want to read through the whole Bible in a year? Three chapters a day will do it. If you say, no, I just want to stay steady, three chapters is a lot for me, read one chapter a day every day. You say, man, it's hard for me to read. Listen to a chapter or two or three a day every day, but you need the Word every day, I promise you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And then when you hear the Word, you will know how you too can take action with God's Word, okay? So number one is action. With faith, you got to take action. Faith is for you to live out your good deeds, to live out what you believe. That's number one. Number two, how about reaction? We talked about this last week. I believe forgiveness is action and reaction. Here's why. Did you know? Did you know that you can forgive someone even before they did it? Sometimes you see people in the process of wronging you, and God sees this, right? God knows. God sees people, they're already wronging him, they're doing wrong, they're committing sin, they're in the act, and he says, I've already forgiven them, it's, they're already forgiven by the blood of Jesus if they'll just talk to me about it. Scripture says, confess your sins so that you can receive forgiveness. But we as believers, we've got to forgive, just plan on forgiving every day, otherwise you'll be bitter, and bitterness defiles everybody around you. You can't live like that as a believer. So you've got to be able to react to people in love. They have their actions, you have yours, you have a decision, they have theirs, but you need to be able to react to them in love. And how do you react? You say, I forgive them. You know what Jesus said on the cross? This, to this day, this freaks people out. To this day, this really, I think this changes the rhythm of my heart. When I read scripture or I hear a message and Jesus, here's what we know he said on the cross, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. He was bleeding out on a cross and said, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. Man, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. It doesn't mean there are no boundaries in life. We talked about this last week. God still has boundaries. God says, you cross this line, that's sin. You cross this line and accept the, the sacrifice of my son Jesus. Then you are righteous, but you still need to confess your sins. But here's the boundary line. Sin and righteousness with God. Which are you going to pick? you got to pick. And you got to be able to react to people in love, but at some point, one of your reactions can be, that's enough, I've had it. Here's how it's going to be. I love you, but you can't act that way. You can't live that way in my house. You can't be drinking, doing drugs in my house. You can't be abusive in my house. I don't know who that's for today. Maybe that's for you listening online. I don't know. Or maybe this, this audio is for someone after the fact in the next few days for the podcast. But listen to this. There comes a point that in love you say, that's enough. Here's the boundary line. God, God is a God of boundaries. God is a God of boundaries. When he created the heavens and the earth, he said, he separated the dry land from the water, didn't he? He separated it. He has boundaries. At one point in Scripture, God was speaking to the children of Israel, and he said, I will make a distinction between you and the Egyptians. I will show the world that I am God, I am your God, and because you've placed your faith in me and you're my people, I will show the world that you are different from the Egyptians. I will make a distinction between you and them, your land and their land. Because none of the plagues came on the Israelis, on the Jews. The plagues came on those that rejected God. And did you know, though, if you look at Scripture clo closely, it can be understood that there were some Egyptians that left 
with the Israelis. I don't know how many. may have just been a few. But there were other folks that left who weren't necessarily Jews. So God has always justified people by their faith and how they react to his word, how they react. You can walk in love. You can walk in forgiveness, right? So here's the call of God on your life. Let's go to Luke 6, 27. Luke 6, 27. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, this is what Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. That has to be faith in action, right? Faith works by love. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. One translation says for those who use you. Let's look at verse um, 31 of that same chapter. Luke 6, 31. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. That's the golden rule. That's a tall order. It's interesting to me that sometimes people want to be a believer, but they want to hold on to a lifestyle from the world. In actions, different sinful things, but also there are many believers who say, I don't want to forgive. I think some of the clearest and most plain words, just the plainest words that God ever spoke to me when I was struggling with unforgiveness as a much younger man. God spoke, and I feel like he shouted, and I'm sure he just spoke to my spirit. I'm sure it wasn't an audible voice, but it felt like one. I was traveling out of town. And God spoke to me. I was struggling, struggling with unforgiveness with someone. And God's simple statement to me that changed my life, and I've heard this my whole life. I was born going to church. I accepted Jesus at like six or seven years of age. I think I was seven. But God's simple message to me, according to Scripture, was, I forgave you. Have we put ourselves in the place of God? We're more powerful than God, we decide we're not going to forgive people. Is that you today? I hope not. This is your time. It's a time for you to think. And some like to use that word reflect. Yeah, it just means think about it. Really process it. Process it when you're alone. Process it right now while you hear this word. Are you in the place of God where you decide not to forgive, but he forgave you? No. Uh -uh. Scripture explains Scripture. Jesus said, and if you don't forgive others, then neither will your Heavenly Father forgive you. So you either receive God's forgiveness or not. It's that simple. And the only way to receive God's forgiveness is receive it from Him and then give it to others. How would, that, how would it make sense otherwise? And hey, we've all been in the place. Don't get me wrong. I've been there. I just, I just started with that example. I've been there where I struggle to forgive someone, and it, I think it had been a few months. On and off, I was battling with it. I didn't want to be that way. Man, it was making me irritable. It was making me flighty. <laughs> and all God said to me was, I forgave you. Three words that changed my life forever. I grew up hearing that. I grew up in church hearing the word so much that at some point, as a, I was probably a teenager, I thought, why, why does Jesus talk about forgiveness so much? Why, what's the big deal about forgiveness in Scripture? I forgive him. I forgive him. Uh-huh. But then I needed it the next day. I needed it that afternoon. You're always going to have to forgive. And they will know us by our love, your action and your reaction. That's the first part of reaction. Look at the second part. Look at the second part. You need to react to people in faith, meaning don't let them intimidate you. You need to react to situations in faith. Don't let it intimidate you. Folks are, there are folks who are freaked out because they've been watching the news. Man, what's going on in Washington, D.C. and this and that. And hey, there could be some chaos for, for a few weeks. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this, that doesn't change who God is or who you are in Him. Are you with me? That doesn't change who God is or who you are in Him. 
You let God sort that out. Your job is to pray as a believer and walk in love. And your reaction to stuff like that is, I mentioned this last week, Joyce Meyer's husband, Dave, they'll go through a trial and he'll say, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. And I'm going to tell you this right now from this pulpit. Not many people in here. Got eight people in here plus me, and you're watching online. But I am not impressed with the enemy's attempt to take over this country through media and through government and different stuff. God will always have the last laugh. He will always have the last word. This is still God's country. You say, yeah, there's a lot of people who have rejected God. Yeah, but there are millions in this country like yourselves today and those joining us online. There are millions of us who still believe in Jesus, who still pray, who still fear God, who still want to live right. It ain't over until it's over. And you just keep your faith about you. You keep your wits about you. Your reaction needs to be, and not proudly. That's not a proud statement today like I got it all figured out. No, God... Scripture says he has required certain things of us, and we are responsible for the things he has given, but the higher things and the deeper things of God, he can sort those out. He's holding us accountable and responsible for the things he's given us. And here's what he's told me to do. Here's what he's told you to do. Believe. And I say this humbly today. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed for those with those who hate God and have a a pro-homosexual, pro-lesbian, pro-pedophile agenda, gender studies, and all they talk about, people can be whatever gender they want. Look, people have been hurt. People have been abused. I understand that. God bless them. Let's pray for them. We've all been abused in some way. But we have to forgive and move on and not make excuses and say, I was born this way. That's like me saying, I was born angry and hateful. I was born rude. I was born a big old devil. Well, Scripture says... We were conceived in sin, but once you accept Jesus, old things, all that old stuff, it's passed away. Why not start living life as a believer and stop making excuses? And I don't know who this is for today. Even Christians, they think they're wise. They haven't read their Bible. They don't know what the Bible says. And they say, people need to love whoever they want. You mean gay marriage. That's what you mean. Just say it. You mean men with men and women with women. That's what you mean. And that's not all right, according to God's word. Oh, Pastor Matt, you're being judgmental. I am quoting the words of God himself. I'm quoting the words of Jesus. He said, male and female, God created them. That's why a male, a man, will leave his parents and cleave, hold on to his wife. He will tackle that woman and hold on to her, create a family, male and female. We've all been through some junk. Those that say, Pastor Matt, you don't understand at all. No, I was, I was sexually abused, even though it was brief, and it almost wrecked my entire life. Many people don't know that. It was by a neighbor. Could have destroyed me. Gave me crazy thoughts. It put a spirit of perversion on me, and God rescued me. I made a choice at some point and said, this will not destroy me because of God's word and what he said. And here's the truth of the matter today. Here's how you react. Here's how you react for any swing that, oh, I've got to say this or I've got to say that. No, if someone put me on their talk show right now and said, Pastor Matt, what do you believe about gay marriage? I would say I believe what the Bible says. It's that simple. I don't have to debate. I don't have to go well. Or if they said, Pastor Matt, how many ways are there to get to heaven? I'd say, I believe what the Bible says. There's one way. What about this? What about that? I believe the Bible calls sin what it is, and I believe the Bible calls righteousness what it is, and that's how we, we react, but not in anger or hatred. We react in love. And people say, here's what I'm going to do, and you say, that's your choice. You do that. But here's what Scripture says. I love you, and I'm praying for you. It's going to be okay. I forgive you. And I pray that you meet Jesus. But here's the truth of the word. 
And you do it in love, not in pride. All right? Let's go to Philippians 1.28. This is another verse that makes me say, I am not impressed with the devil's schemes. We're not going to be ignorant of them, according to Scripture. Philippians 1.28. We're not going to be ignorant of the wiles of the enemy, right? His plans, his tricks. But I'm not going to let that impress me. We're not going to dwell on that. We're not going to worry about that. We're going to keep praying, reading the Word, connecting, and staying right here. Look, look, here's home base. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God Himself. Wow. So we've talked about action, reaction. Let's talk about the third point today. Some would call this inaction, but it's not. It's waiting. Did you know the most important time for a farmer is the waiting? They prepared the ground. It was the right ground. They prepared it. They dug their furrows. They've been watering. They've, they've been fertilizing and doing all kinds of stuff. And then they plant the seed. They cover it up. They continue to water and fertilize and insecticide, whatever, whatever it is. You trust God and the sunlight he gave to just give sun and all the vitamins that those plants need to grow. But how many of you know that there's only so much a farmer can do? At some point, he or she has to wait. It's the waiting that gets people. Hard to believe now, but this month, in about a week or two, it'll be 21 years that I've been pastoring full-time. 21 years since January of 2000. And I've heard this so many times. Well, God didn't answer when I prayed. Are you in the place of God to tell him what he should do? Your job is to believe. Scripture says in Hebrews that there are many, many. Look at Abraham. God blessed him. God gave him a son. But he, Abraham didn't see a full nation of people that was as numerous as the stars. Abraham didn't own the, the land of Israel. Abraham's offspring, they went into slavery in Egypt. After Jacob and the, the 12 sons had passed away. But God prophesied that too. So Scripture says that many, many who came before us, they died believing and they didn't even receive all the promises yet. But they did that so we could receive promises. But I'm going to tell you this right now. There's things we can receive that they didn't receive. We have a lifetime of faithfulness to God, the opportunity to serve God in His Word. We have a full Bible. They didn't have that back then. Old and New Testament. Jesus has already come. Now we, wait, we await the return of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Whether Jesus comes in our lifetime or not, we will stand strong and we will believe. If he does not return in my lifetime, then I will go to heaven. I will die believing, period. If I don't have faith, I don't have anything. People say, I believe, but, you know, I don't know if God can. No, God can do what he does, and he is limited by his word. Always go back to God's word. That sounds foreign to some people. How can I wait, though? Don't confuse that for inaction. you got to believe while you wait. Let's go to Psalm 27, 13. This is a very important time in your life. Look at what the psalmist said. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. <laughs> Praise God. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous, people of God, man of God, woman of God. It's your time to stand up and be counted. It's your time to stand up and let the whole world see that you believe no matter what. 
You believe no matter what. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. It's hard to wait patiently for the Lord if your word source is news media, if your word source is negative people. It's hard to wait patiently for the Lord if you say, yeah, well, I trust God, but so-and-so said, man, this is, it's almost over. So-and-so said the oil field is never going to come back. Huh. The Lord said after the earth was flooded with a flood, he said, this will all go on as long as the earth exists, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. That means you sow seed, you believe, you take action, you take reaction at times, and then you wait on God to, to, to fulfill his promises. Over and over again, it's a cycle. The ancient law of sowing and reaping, not just for first fruits. You say, oh, Pastor Matt's just giving a spiel and a blurb, man, for the end of this month. He's trying to raise money. Oh, no, no, the church is debt free. You need to be blessed. I need to be blessed. We give without fail. Tithes, offerings, and first fruit. Why? Because we need the blessing. Last year when we gave first fruit and then waited on God, it was amazing. Jen and I kept talking saying, we gave more than we've ever given for first fruits. And it's like we hadn't even given. It didn't even put a dent in our budget. I don't know how on earth. I just know that God can do what he does. Brother Armando was talking about that yesterday too. It's amazing. So it's a very important time when you sow and you love and you take action and you react properly. But this is the important time. This is point three today. Once again, it's so important when you wait. You pray while you wait. You read the word while you wait. You fast while you wait. You work for God while you wait. Waiting does not mean sitting and hiding out and not doing anything. There were some during COVID that thought, if I'll just hide out, the whole world will go away. Look, I understand people were scared, but at some point you've got to take action. At some point you've got to take action as a believer. You take action, you react well, and then you wait on God. But as you wait on God, you are working Scripture says that we occupy until Jesus comes. He didn't say, get in the lazy boy and just kick back forever. He said, occupy. Work for God. The answer is on the way. Y'all need to hear me today. The answer is on the way. The answer is on the way. The just shall live by faith. This is your time to believe God. This is your time for you to take God at His word. This is the time for you to believe everything that God said is true, and it's going to happen just like he said. Did you know much of the Bible has been fulfilled? There's been a lot of Scripture that's already been fulfilled, but then there's a lot of other stuff that has not been fulfilled. There are fulfilled prophecies, and there are unfulfilled prophecies, and it's all going to happen. God's track record is clean. It's sure. It's right. He's on track, and guess what? It's all going to work out according to his plan. Scripture says every knee shall bow. And confess that Jesus is Lord. Whether they want to or not, at some point they're going to have to say, you know what, God was right. I was wrong, God was right. The key is to do it now. Humble yourself now and say, I'm going to believe now. I'm not going to wait until it gets tougher to try to stir up some faith. Many times we're trying to stir up faith and we're already in a battle and we're struggling. God can use that. Don't, don't misunderstand me. None of us have all the faith in the world. None of us have all the faith that we want or need, but he gave you the measure of faith, and now it's time to work on it with God's help. How do you build your faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. Stay connected to other believers who truly believe. Speak the Word. So number one, you take action. Number two, you make sure that your reaction 
That's number two is reaction in faith is correct. You walk in love, you react in prayer, you react in forgiveness, boundaries, whatever it is, whatever it takes for that situation, your reaction is going to be like your action. It's going to be tied to your faith. And number three, your waiting, it's tied into your action and your reaction. So you got action, reaction, and your waiting. Sometimes you just don't say anything. For people like me, it's hard. I always got another comment. <laughs> One more comment. No, it's sometimes you just got to Okay, all the talking's done. We're just going to believe God. We're going to keep working, but we're going we're gonna to wait. The seed has been sown. We're going to confess the word over it. We're going to keep working, but we're going to wait for God to do what he said that he's going to do. Are you with me? I want everyone to go ahead and bow their heads and close their eyes today. Right where you are. Unless you are the driver in your vehicle, do not do that. But wherever you are, I know that God's word was customized and tailor-made for you and for me today. He spoke some things to me as I was speaking today that I did not plan on mentioning at all. Lord, you have your way. We will not be intimidated. We trust you today. I'm going to pray this prayer today for though anyone at the sound of my voice who needs to get right with God. I want everyone, there's just a few of us in this house I want everyone to just repeat this prayer with me. But for those on the live stream, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, never confessed Him as your Savior, today is your day to do it. Not tomorrow. Scripture says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Repeat this prayer with me. Everybody in the house say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Forgive me for my sin. I'm sorry, Father. Please forgive me. I can't do it without you. I cannot do it in my own strength. Keep repeating this with me. Say, but I believe and I know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He died. He rose again for me. To save me from my sin and to save me from hell. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. Thank you, Father, for hearing me. I believe your word. I trust you. In Jesus' name. I just want to pray this blessing over you before we go today. We are going to. I'm going to give you an opportunity to give today, just like a regular Sunday morning, even though there's some different factors today. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes and just receive from God as I pray a quick blessing over you. We know that God hears us. We pray according to His will. He hears us. He hears the cries of His people. We pray, believing today. Father, I speak a special blessing, a special anointing, a special, special, special grace over your people today in person and online, and on the audio later, Father God. Whoever would listen to this message, may it multiply and go, and you do what you've got to do with it, Father God. We trust you with it. It's your word, it's not mine. You said your word would not return to you void. It would accomplish what you send it to accomplish. I thank you today, Father, that your hand of grace and anointing and mercy and forgiveness and empowerment and excitement and joy is over your people and the families they represent. I speak unity. I speak blessing as they give, tithe, offering, and first fruit. I speak blessing, God, as they obey your word. I speak amazing things over their lives like we heard at the men's breakfast yesterday morning. Amazing things. 
Like stories of last year that God kept doing one thing after another for different people. One thing after another. Promotion, raise, paying things off. People being reconciled. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that your word is good. Your word will always stand the test of time. Because Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Your word is forever, and it's forever settled in heaven, O oh God. We thank you for that today, and I thank you that your word has fallen on good ground, and we believe, and we trust you, Heavenly Father. We honor you today, and we give you glory. Protect your people, the blood of Jesus over them. In Jesus' name.